My name is Matt Morgan. I get to be the lead pastor. I am so glad to be back from sabbatical. I am having so much fun with our team right now. We are having a blast uh, just really brainstorming, thinking about what God wants us to do and, and where we want to go with that. And we just want you guys to know that uh, we're praying for you guys every single week as a staff. And if you have any prayer requests, we love doing this. And I want to just let you know, take the prayer card out. Actually, it's in your phone now because it's on the app. Uh, and just take that and just fill it out and we will pray for you by name because that's super important to us. We exist to help all people build a life-giving relationship with Jesus. That's why we're here. Okay, let's just confess it right now. We have sound, lighting, and technical issues today. And the reason why, yeah, okay, the reason why, please be patient with us. In fact, it's not even online right now because we're, we're not able to put it out there. Uh, we had people come in and change things around this week because we've had so many gremlins in our system, and they worked until 2 in the morning last night. Freddie was here till 3 in the morning. We need to call him Superman and, like, put an IV of caffeine into the boy because uh, he's going to need it today. Uh, but we just pray for us that we would get this all figured out. But it's actually going to make it easier. But you know when you, like, move everything around and it does... If you've ever moved your computer, times it by 10, and that's what we have here. So we have a little bit of problems, but that's okay. We're going to get through it. We exist to help people build a life relationship with Jesus. That's where I was. And we do that in four ways. Loving God, investing in others, faithfully serving, and encouraging the world. So everything we do revolves around these four things. And today, the message is really going to be leaning towards this idea of encouraging the world to know Jesus. We believe with all of our heart that people don't need to be told what's wrong with them. They need to be told what's right with Jesus. And so what we want to do is share Jesus with them in such a way that encourages them. And if you haven't noticed lately, there's this growing amount of subjects that you really don't want to talk about at the Thanksgiving dinner table anymore. I mean, you know, last year was awkward. We want to prepare you for this year because it's getting more awkward. And we decided that we're going to call this a little mini series, The Floor is lava. Now you might be going, you know, I don't understand. Some of you are going, I know exactly what he's talking about. Some of you are going, I don't understand. What do you mean by that? Well, we, on our last week of our sabbatical, just, just three weeks ago, I'm in Coeur d'Alene and I'm playing in a golf tournament. It was beautiful, like epic day. It was like 70 degrees, finished the second round. We, we played great. We won our flight. It was so cool. And I'm kind of milling around at the luncheon. I'm like, where am I going to sit? I don't know anybody in the room. And, and there's this table in the back. There's a bunch of guys sitting there and they're just yucking. They're having so much fun. And like, I'm like, these, these guys look like fun. I'm going to sit here. I said, hey, can I sit here? They said, yeah, sure. And, and I sit down and they, they said, so where are y'all from? I said, well, these guys aren't from around here. And uh, I, I said, well, I'm just north of Seattle. Where are you guys from? And we're from Arkansas. And I'm like, awesome. And, and they're talking about their game. And I'm talking about ours. We're just having kind of fun. And then they said, what are y'all doing about that COVID junk at your church? And I went, uh-oh. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, you ever like, no, just by tone that you're kind of wading into a lava conversation. And, and I, I said, well, what are you guys doing? You know, and, and I kind of could already tell it. Well, you know, we just decided we're just going to ignore the whole darn thing. And you know what? They, they find us, but we don't care. We're just not going to pay that fine. We're just going to do what we want to do. That's what we're going to do. And I said, oh, okay, you know, like, yeah, all right. And I'm kind of like going, man, did I ever sit at the right table or what? And, and, uh, and so, because they said, so, you know, keep, what are you doing? I'm like, well, you know, we, we just decided where we are that we're really going to uh, take the community safety into, in, into to heart. And we're just going to do everything we can uh, to, to really help the community uh, stay safe and, 
And it's, it's not easy. It's really, it's, it's hard. I totally understand where you guys are at. And, but, you know, we just decided to, to mind the rules. And, well, and, and you just kind of, I'm like, okay, this is time for Matt to tone down. Because you ever notice how, like, you're, you're, like, ankle deep in lava, and it quickly comes up to your knees, and then you're wading in this stuff, and it's up to your neck, and you're now drowning in a lava conversation. Yeah, there is an ever-increasing, and here's what I'm noticing. It's not just about COVID stuff. It's like about everything. It's, it's like, in, in fact, uh, one, one of my uh, cousins, she is a vice principal at a school, and she said, we just decided that everybody's having a bad day every day. And so if somebody, because you know when, when you run into somebody and they're not in a good mood, and you go, well, they're having a bad day, and you just kind of go, oh, they're having a bad day. They just decided everyone's having a bad day, and it's every day, and we're just going to kind of throttle back to be able to keep unity. And really, when you look at like this idea of the floor is lava, that's kind of where people are living. They're kind of living at a, at a state of high intensity, and there's all of this stuff that people are, you know, arguing. And so we saw with the, you know, the election, the whole red-blue thing. It's just like, wow, you know. Um, Anybody talk about driving a Ford or Chevy lately? I remember as a kid, that was a big one, like with my friends. Like, does your dad drive a Ford or a Chevy? I'm like, going, he's, he's had both. I, I don't really know. And I was just the odd man out. And, but people like, like to argue about kind of everything. And right now, the, the, the intensity of this vax, no vax thing is really high. And, and, and I, what I want to do right now I want us to just stop and pray, because we, we have Tom as, uh, as, as our keyboard, keyboardist this morning, and he works in the hospital industry. And he said, you know what, right now, people are walking out of their job. They're just done, because the hospitals are so overflowed. And, and I, my, my son-in-law is a firefighter. He had to wait five hours to get somebody in bed at the hospital. And, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying we're pro-vax or anti-vax. I'm, we're not. We're not taking a stand there. You want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. If you don't, it's totally up to you. We'll be your friend no matter what because we're just about sharing Jesus with people. But we are pro-people. And so would you pray with me? Let's pray for our, our hospital workers. Let's pray for our first responders. Father, we just lift them up to you right now. I can't imagine the tension they're living in. Uh, we're, we're in a tense situation just dealing with conversations about this stuff, and they live in it. And I pray, Father, that you would encourage them, you would bless them, and you would lift them up and give them strength this week. Father, every one of our first responders, every one of our healthcare workers, Lord, bless them now in Jesus' name. Here's the deal. This stuff, it, 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 it's just a difficult place to live. And I thought we'd have fun with it this morning. I thought we'd play a little game. It's a game that I played when I was a kid. And what we're going to do is there's going to be on this side, my right, your left, there's going to be balls the color of red. And you guys are, go ahead and pass those out. Over on this side, you guys are going to get balls of the color of blue. And here's what we're going to do. I need uh, five people from this side and five people from this side to get in the center aisle. Okay, go ahead, quickly. Just get five of you in there, okay? And you're going to be in the inner. You're not going to have a ball. Balls are going over here, okay? Balls are on the sides, red and blue, five in the middle. Now, the little red river in the middle, don't go in there. Don't go in there. Don't go in the red river. You're in the river. You want to be out of the river. It's lava. Now, if you touch the river of lava, guess what happens to you? 
you are dead. You are exactly right. You're dead. And my mic just went out. And so if you step in the river during the game, if you step in the river, you have to sit down. Somebody from your side can tag you out and they can go back in for you. You guys over here have your opinion ball. It's the red ball, okay? And you're going to throw your opinion over at these guys, okay? And they have their opinion ball over here, and they're going to throw it at you, and you have to catch each other's balls, and then you're going to throw it back because you have a different opinion, right? Just throw it back. And you guys are going to get those balls. It's keep away. And if you get the ball, you keep the ball. We're going to play a song, and you can tag them out. If you touch lava, you got to be honest. you got to sit down. And you do have to move. You can't stay where you are. On your mark. Get set. Everybody stand up. Let's go. Go. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Set. Go. Here we go. That was a weak throw. Come on. Get him across. Guys, gotta move there in the middle. Come on! All right, you guys can have a seat. Now, if that was like middle schooler and high school kids, they would have tore the room apart. And you guys are like these kind of nerdy adults going. And everybody's just standing in the middle. But you did throw the balls and you did get the point across. Those are your opinions. And you know what? The people in the middle, we used to call this when I was a kid. Anybody call this monkey in the middle? Yeah, monkey in the middle. We play, that was the nice way of saying this game, okay? And we play monkey in the middle, and we play it all the time. What we usually did was it would be my older sister and me, and we put my little brother in the middle. And then we would mock my little brother while he was in the middle. And when you're at recess, how many people got mocked when you were in the middle? You can't get this. Well, I've titled the message today, Monkey in the Middle. Because as followers of Jesus... By the way, if you're not a follower of Jesus, that's okay around here. We want you to get to know who Jesus is, ask all the questions you want. And today, I'm going to be talking directly to people who say they're followers of Jesus. Because as followers of Jesus, we must grow comfortable being caught in the middle. Jesus was caught in the middle a lot. And the reason why was because Jesus was really nice to people who didn't want to follow God. And not only did they not want to follow God, they weren't following God vehemently, and they would like be open about that. And Jesus was like on this side being really kind to people who weren't following God. And over here, these religious leaders are saying, well, you call yourself the son of God. You call yourself a rabbi. You say this about you, and you say all these things about God, but yet you do all these things like the woman who was caught in adultery. They wanted to stone her, but Jesus said, hey, 
one who you know, has no sin, you can go ahead and throw the first rock. The Samaritans, they wouldn't even talk to Samaritans. They were half-breeds. Nobody liked the Samaritans. Jesus makes a Samaritan the hero of one of his parables, the good Samaritan, right? The woman at the well, she was a Samaritan. And here he is talking to her. Jesus would eat with notorious sinners. That's what scripture says. Matthew, one of his disciples, tax collector, becomes a disciple of Jesus, invites all his tax collector buddies over to his house for a party, invites all the disciples over to his house for the same party, and they have a little mixer-upper. And they say, why does your teacher eat with such scum? Why? Because Jesus was comfortable being in the middle. He was a genuine friend to people who were far from God, and they had no intentions of following God. A lot of times, Christians have nothing to do with people who don't want to follow God because they want to mandate that they act like Christians, but they're not. And Jesus says, no, I have come to bridge a gap of relationship between people who don't know God, don't follow God, and God the Father. I don't know if you ever saw that, that depiction of, of remember, there's, there's one, a person on this side, and then there's this great chasm, and then there's a person on this side. We had this, oh, that's good. Freddie did that. I'm like, that almost looks like a Ku Klux Klan symbol. <laughs> well, that's a cross, going across two things. That's awesome. That's so funny. Uh, doesn't it look like one of those hoods? Anyway, um, <laughs> we're not about that, and that's not online today. Thank the Lord. Okay. <laughs> On one side, you have man. On the other side of this chasm of sin, you have God. And the cross of Jesus reaches between the two and builds a bridge of relationship. Could you imagine how uncomfortable it was for Jesus on the cross? That's what Christians do. And if you want evidence of like Jesus being real, and you want evidence of God, the power of God, Jesus said 2,000 years ago, I will build my church and the gates of hell will never beat it. And 2,000 years later, 11 guys turn into being a billion. A billion Christians on the planet today. Because why? There have been people who call themselves followers of Jesus who do the same thing. They build a bridge of relationship, and it's very uncomfortable. The apostle Paul he is one of the greatest examples of this because the Apostle Paul, remember the Apostle Paul was there when Stephen was stoned to death and he's holding everyone's coats. He's cheering them on. The Apostle Paul is on the way to Damascus. He's getting a writ from the government where he could be licensed to put like Christians in jail and even have them killed. And Jesus gets a hold of the Apostle Paul and he becomes this fireball of a Christian. And he starts these missionary journeys. He goes all over the known world at the time, and he's planting churches. He later writes them letters. Those letters become a third of the New Testament, right? And he writes the church in Corinth. In fact, he wrote it twice. Second Corinthians says this. He's talking about Jesus. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. If you're a follower of Jesus, just say under your breath right now, I don't live for myself. Okay, we don't do that, right? Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. Remember last week's baptisms? 
By the, we had 11 spontaneous baptisms last week. That was amazing. It, like, you should have been up here. It was incredible. And then four that were already scheduled. And when you go under the water, it signifies I'm dying to myself, just like Jesus died on the cross. Jesus rose from the grave. I rise up out of the water. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I no longer live for myself. I now live for him. So we no longer evaluate others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. Verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message. What's our message? Reconciliation. So we're Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. What are Christians supposed to be doing? Pleading with people who don't know God, who don't want to know God, who really have their own point of view, and it's a human point of view, and we're supposed to say, come back to God. He's amazing. What Jesus has done for me is incredible. That's the message of a Christ follower. We do not evaluate people from a human point of view. We're different. Now, here's the deal. When I sat down with those good old boys from Arkansas, just their accent, I started evaluating them from a human point of view. It's because those are there now. That is good to know. Okay. It used to be over here. Okay, I'm going to step back here. I'm getting it. We're going to get this thing down. We evaluate people from a human point of view. In a human point of view, if you think about this, really is this. This is all there is. The life on earth is all there is. And here's the deal. There's right and there's wrong and what I think is right. And if you disagree, you're wrong. And what I need you to do is do what's right. And people actually think they're trying to help people to make them do what they want to do. But they have a point of view. Right now, you and I have a point of view about each other. Did you know that? You already got one right there. You guys are a little bit lower than I am because the stage is up so people in the back can see me. Okay? Right now, I can see pretty much like about here up on you. That's what I can see. And uh, you can see pretty much... All of me, but you probably don't see my feet very well. You certainly don't see under my feet. But if I were to take this chair and I change our point of view. Okay, now for some of you guys, I'm really happy because you have less hair than me. And others of you have more and I'm a little jealous. Okay, I can see more of you. I can actually see further than I could see before. You guys can see me differently. Right? You can even see under my feet. You, I don't know what's going on under this chair, but you do. Right? It's a different point of view. The human point of view is based on our perspective. And our perspective is developed by our experiences and our understanding. Have you ever had a point of view where you thought you were 100% right to find out later you were 100% 
wrong. Because you change your perspective. Now here's the deal. All of this stuff that is happening out there and people fighting over stuff is based on their point of view at the time that they're, they're sharing their point of view. James, he writes a letter. James is a, is a brother of Jesus. In the book of James, chapter 4, it says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Wouldn't you like to know what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't elbow your husband, okay? It's not him. Don't say it's her. What causes fights? Here's what causes them. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Why do we have this conflict and rage around us? Because we're not getting what we want. We're not getting what we think that we should have. Look at this passage in, in 2 Corinthians again. What does an ambassador do? If you were a, an ambassador of the United States and we went and put you in Haiti, right? Lots of stuff going on in Haiti right now. And we said, you represent the United States of America. You're supposed to dress like the United States of America would want you to dress. You're supposed to talk like the America would talk. You're supposed to act and be and carry yourself with morality and all those things the way the United States would, would be represented in that area. Ambassadors represent the exact person who, what, where, when, and how they would be. That's an ambassador. What were we ambassadors of again? Jesus. Now what does reconciler do? Monkey in the middle. A reconciler must understand both sides. If they do not, and they do not empathize with both sides, they have no opportunity to reconcile the two sides because both sides must be understood. And the scriptures here in 2 Corinthians say that's what we do. What if, what if we as, as Christians, what if we could become secure in Christ? To know that Jesus is in charge and he is in control. That the Father is in 100. Do you know that this is not taking God by surprise? Like some people, Christians, I hear them go, what is God doing right now? He has no idea what he's doing. Do you realize who's in office? Do you realize what so-and-so, do you know what they want to do now? This makes no sense. In Romans 12, 13, Everyone must submit to the governing authorities for all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by... So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and they will be punished. Now I read that not to like get like, hey, you got to just you know, do whatever the government says. I'm, I'm not trying to say all that stuff. I say that to say this. God is in control. 
Do you know what the problem is? I'm not. You're not. The person at Costco that got so mad at you, they're not. Right? We're not in control. God is in control. And what if we focused our energy on what we could control? The answer is you control you and I control me. And I don't even do a very good job of controlling myself sometimes. But what if we focused our energies there? What if we saw ourselves as ambassadors for Christ? Not living for myself. You see, I really want to share my opinion. It wasn't long after the the luncheon that I was home and a friend asked me over for their house to dinner. And so Tina and I were over for dinner and they had another couple over for dinner and and they're all talking, you know, and and everybody has different opinions of this stuff, right? And and we're talking about the current issues and and, and one of the the guy that was there, he, he has done a lot of research. I'm talking a lot of research. And he's talking and and, and a lot of the stuff he was saying, like, yeah, I could say it, but, but scientifically, I always ask my daughter. She's a scientist. So, and, he, and he said some stuff that was way off. And I'm like, and I, I started to kind of, you ever do that? You kind of just start, oh, you, you need the better information. And Tina's tapping me under the table. Like, this, and the, the tapping's getting faster, right? And, and, and so, like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting tapped, and I'm kind of trying to be nice and, you know, trying to do this. And, and I didn't hear this, but this guy actually said, you know, I've done a lot of research. And I just want somebody to listen to me. I didn't even hear it. But Tina's tapping got harder, and I stopped. And in the car on the way home, Tina said, did you hear what he said? I said, no. He said, I just want somebody to listen to me. And I said, Tina, the next time that happens, because it will probably happen again. She deals with somebody who talks a lot. I said, honey, you just say this. Just right in the middle to say, hey, and just say the person's name. And what I just heard you say was you just want someone to listen to you. And he'd say, yeah. And I said, Tina, go ahead and interrupt and just say, you know what? Matt and I want to listen. Please talk to us. And I'll take that as cue for it. You need to shut up, Matt. Because I missed it. I missed an opportunity understand somebody. Do you know the greatest human need is to be understood? You're like going, no, it's not. Yes, it is. That's why you say the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over when you're in an argument. Anybody do that? Why do we say the same thing over and over? Because we don't think we're being understood. Actually, they might understand us. They just disagree. So what can we do this week? Philippians 2, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. How about if we give up our privileges? He took the humble position of a slave. How about if we be humble? And was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Second Timothy, again I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start 
fights. It's lava. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn from the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. I think the problem is a lot of Christians think we understand Jesus. And we don't. Well, we get the Bible. If you read it. And then we want to force it on everybody. And that's where we misunderstand Jesus. He doesn't do that. He lets the people choose. He listens. What if we would just listen? In fact, that's just, that's just the action step for this week. Listen. Repeat back what you hear people saying. What I hear you saying. And then and just shortly say what you think they're saying. Wow, that's a very interesting perspective. Thank you for sharing that with me. You will be surprised at how many people then want to hear your opinion. You might also be surprised at how many don't. And you could just love them. Next week, we're going to talk about the emotions. I hope, right, you got emotions going in you right now. Probably like, but you don't understand. I get it. We're going to talk about dealing with our emotions and others' emotions. Don't miss next week. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Father, I pray that you would help us be people who listen. Help me listen, Lord. I don't listen well. And I run right by people, Lord. And I pray you'd help me to be humble. And I pray that, God, anybody that's just saying, yeah, that's me too, Jesus, just say it to him. Lord, help me be humble, God. Help me listen. Help me be a reconciler. Help me take this to heart and hold the hands of people who don't know God and don't want to even serve God and Jesus and bring them together, Lord. We love you. We dedicate our lives, Lord, to living for you.